Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash sentimentally ill and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash sentimentally ill. <laughs> hey, sentimentally ill nation. Sorry for this silence. Uh, big apology to Anthony House Seal for the delay in getting this one up there, but here it is. So without further ado, episode five. Thanks. Um, very expansive, very extensive uh, museums up there, uh, as I was showing you with some of this stuff. They were set up as a vendor. Cool. Um, so you were able to go and buy stuff there, and that was more of just a generic toy avenue uh, or a uh, market. Um but like the New Jersey Collectors Con, or as I call it, NJCC, was in Cherry Hill. That's designed specifically for, it's for everyone, but they ha- they cater to a, a, a four-inch, one-eighteen scale market. So they'll have, Specific, huh? Yeah, so they'll have um, the Boss Fight Studio guys, who were all former Hasbro okay. um, employees. Right. Just were not uh, getting what they wanted out of their career, so they decided to... Uh, go ahead and go into business for themselves and make what they wanted to make. So they'll set up at shows and they'll sell their stuff. What are uh, they called? Boss Fight Studios. Oh, cool. They make a toy line called Vitruvian Hacks. Um, Damn. Which is what you're looking at up here, which is um, fantasy. It's Greeks. It's Vikings. It's orcs. It's mages. It's elves. It's. It's everything. Um, Very they, detailed. But they give you, you know, if you, like I'm a, a as you can see here as well, I'm, I'm a gigantic customizer. Oh, yeah. Give me a toy and let's see what I can do to make it. Better. Different, better, or maybe just whatever. So they'll do their stuff there so you can go crazy. They'll give you a blank. It's just a naked figure from head to tail. Oh, really? A um, couple different heads, maybe different articulation. They go, okay, well, if you want to buy our Greek fantasy set, you can buy that. Or if you want to buy uh, Orc fantasy set or whatever you can just go and then paint and do all this stuff um same thing with the the mythic legion stuff which is a larger scale which is the 112th scale um there's 3d printing companies out there now that'll 3d print stuff so um a lot of the stuff you're looking at is done by hand um some of it wow man some of it is uh you know done um i just leave as is because it's just a beautiful work of art in of itself already those dioramas um, are so sweet. Yeah, well, what's cool with this, the, the Forge, um, is it actually, it works. I actually have LED lighting hooked up inside of it to where, like, you'll see the red coals will light up, the flame flickers, <laughs> nice. the bellow works where you can pull on the cord. Uh, all that stuff was, like, carved out of foam and everything. Um, I took that to, um, at the ToyCon uh, show, there was a, a specific after show called Legion's Cot, which was... Uh, specifically for um, the Mythic Legion line, what you're looking at, and I was able to put that up there as an exhibitor and display that. So that's pretty cool, I've got man. A year to think what I want to do for my next my next big thing. Hatching it, um, yeah. But you know, like this line's cool. They um, the Four Horsemen Studio. This is their their pet project. You know, they make their money off of their licensing, right? Um, but they go, hey, um, this is for us to have fun with. So they've created this whole storyline. And they've got dwarves and elves and goblins and demons and vampires and Templars and ogres. And uh, there's trolls that are 12 inches tall. So they have all sorts of different varying sizes and stuff like that. So um, they 
because they have designed the Masters of the Universe stuff for so long, they throw homages in there. Ah, so, I see. Um, so, for example, um, looking at uh, Kairos, which is Battle Cat. Yep. They went ahead and they designed it. Wow. So, you know, you go through all there, but then... It's pretty nice. But then there's some companies who go, all right, well, let's do some 3D printing. Let's do some stuff. So then they, you know, they incorporated the helmet and, like, the feet. You know, it was regular boots like the other characters. So they just yeah, yeah. give it more like a feet feel. And, and uh, because I wanted to totally, like, 80s it out, I figured <laughs> let's go ahead and add some Thundercat stuff to the, to the Battle Cat to just make them even more, you know, more cool. Um... But yeah, uh, it's my current, my current uh, stuff. I do a lot of vintage collecting, as you know, as we've, as we'll go over. Okay. Today. Um, uh, let's start from the beginning. What um, what year were you born? I was born in 1981. 1981. Oh, actually, let me introduce you first. Um, so I'm here speaking with Anthony Houseil, my sister's neighbor. Um, big thanks for getting in contact for me, man. Absolutely. Um, it's been really easy going. Glad to be here. Um, we're in the middle of a conversation about toys. I'm in uh, Anthony's basement, and there's quite a bit of stuff around. It's Care to the, comment? It's the quintessential <laughs> stereotype um, uh, geek collectors thing. The only difference is it's not my mother's basement; it's my own basement. So yeah, I take a lot of pride. Solid, in yeah. <laughs> Very cool, man. Um, so today we're going to talk about mainly He-Man and GI Joe, but Clearly, there's definitely other things to talk about in this room. We got some Legos, Gundam, Transformers. So, how old are you again? I just turned 38. 38. Okay. And how old are you when, like, G.I. Joe enters your life? Uh, I was probably three or four years old. What was cool back in the day is that when a, when a line would come out, it wouldn't come out and disappear right away like a lot of the current toy lines. Sure. You put something out and it has a shelf life of three months, four months, and be gone. Right. Um, hmm. G.I. Joe would come out with a wave and it might come out in 84, but you still might be able to buy it a year or two later. Maybe just not as frequently because they had other stuff that was coming out. Um, so my first figures I remember um, were the Crimson Twins. It was a two-pack. I think it was at that time probably one of the first times that G.I. Joe had released a, a two-pack of figures. And my parents being of, you know, smart-minded value. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there's two figures. Cool, let's get them. Bargain. I didn't know they were the bad guys. You know, until you start watching the cartoon and go, whatever. But it was like, cool, that's it. Yeah. They got two figures. Cool. They're awesome. Um, you know, and then they have their own storyline and everything like that. And then it just snowballed downhill from there. Uh, whether it was vehicles or figures. Uh, for many Christmases of the 1980s and even early 90s, um, when in doubt, you know, mom and dad go shopping for Santa or however <laughs> yeah, it yeah. Um, you know, it was whatever easy. denomination. It was yes, it was easy for um, for them to go to a store and go, all right, you know, Anthony's still into into GI Joes. What are we gonna do? All right, let's take our arm out and throw in ten figures and only cost you, you know, yeah, a, a couple bucks or whatever. Oh. Because the figures were so cheap at the time. If you look at some of the vintage Joes, you'll still see original price tags from yeah. Woolworths or wow. Bradley's or <laughs> Bradley's. You know, stores of, of a long, you know, age, long forgotten. Right. You'll see the prices were only like $2.30, $2.00 and, you know, anywhere between 2 and $3.00. 
you know, clo maybe closer to $3. And the vehicles, you know, were priced affordable in our point of view now. Right. Back then, you know, a $20 figure then was still, you know, would probably be more like a 40 or $50 figure today's standard. Right. Um, but, you know. That's a good point, yeah. You have to take into consideration inflation and everything along those lines. But um, a very affordable line for a kid to get into. Um, so G.I. Joe was my, was my primary childhood toy growing up. It's and, the and one. It was the one. I mean, I collected G.I. Joe all the way up until they ended the line in 1994. Wow. So they went, they had a, a 12 year consecutive run <laughs> of being in the market. There's only a small handful of toys that can say that still to this day. True. I yeah. mean. But if you look at it, mo I would say the majority of them came from the 1980s, you know? Yeah, the big ones. You know, uh, I think Ninja Turtles dropped in the late 80s. Yep. Still today. Transformers. 30 years later, yeah. You know, they're still running hard, still running consecutive, you know. G.I. Joe's had their ups and downs. They've had, you know, gap lapses and gaps in between or re-releases or exclusives to specific stores mm -hmm. or changes in scale. So it's always kind of been around, but because of... Like I guess the current trends or the, the current agenda of society, an idea of a war toy doesn't necessarily <laughs> sure, right. provide, you know, the same appeal that it may have in the um, 1980s. Right. You know, the toy yeah. was a real American hero. It's kind of hard to make that, yeah. you know, a tagline today without it's true, yeah. opposition of some way, shape or form, whether it's right or wrong. Yeah. It's hard to, you know, it's hard to you know, oh, promote dude. something, you know, along those lines. I a mean, thousand percent. Superman, they don't even say that with Superman anymore. It's it's like tr not truth, justice in the American way. It's like truth, justice and something else. Like so my favorite it's hero. more like, yeah, inclusive. My favorite he uh, superhero of all time is Captain America. Okay. So, oh. <laughs> so I get that. So, you know, when, uh, you know, when some of the, you know, some of the movies have come out over the years, they might have slight name changes in a in a european market or a chinese market right yeah to meet that that's stuff. true so, yeah um so that was you know a great example is what they did for the gi joe in uh in the european market it became really? action force action force okay. was a line that existed at one point before i'd, I'd um, read that yeah yeah from palette palette pal toys i think it was the name of it um and they wanted to and hasbro wanted to get the joe market over there so they got involved and some point or another eventually just kind of really pushed their stuff in over the the original toys because the original pal uh, action force stuff had uh the star wars five point of articulation vintage kind of a feel where there you know it might be a head movement an arm a shoulder movement and a leg movement were very very simple yeah. um and then they just infused their toy line into it and then became action force um which you know we can get into later is Action Force itself is making a comeback today is it really? on a much different independent toy line market, um, more of a, a six inch 112 scale, um, trying to hit the new market today because four inch is definitely, some people will say it's a dying toy line. Everyone's moving towards the six inch stuff. Um, you can see that heavily with the okay. Marvel Legends. You can see yeah, I was just going to say. Wars Black Series. Star yeah. Um, the WWE figures. All that's yeah. hitting that six inch mark in the the four inch is definitely fading it's fading but it's it's not going out without a fight okay yeah so sounds good let's talk about like the story of gi joe for a little for a minute sure, um sure. so like what gi joe 
he's just a regular army dude? Like, what's... what's well, it his... depends on what you're talking. If you're talking the, uh, the line that my parents grew up on in the 60s, G.I. Joe right, was... Right, the 12-inch. Was a 12-inch, you know, it was a figure. Just it was, a figure. It was a line, it was a guy, it was... <sighs> yeah, G- I don't know if G.I. Joe was ex- ever exactly one guy. <laughs> um, gets messy but what they did in the in the 1980s is G.I. Joe is just the name of a of a counter-terrorist group you know you know t- designed to take on Cobra okay um, so as if you ever watched a cartoon the whole the whole tagline the explanation of what G.I. Joe is is mm. some point in the middle of the theme songs right um, <laughs> so they they did associate one guy as G.I. Joe, Joel Colton, at one point in the line. So there is a Joel Colton figure. So he's kind of like the original G.I. Joe. Like that's a real how, person? No, oh, it's, okay. it's as a toy. Like, ah. that's their way of going, okay, we're going to say the 12-inch figure. Joe Colton. That, that was trying our, to call him? Okay, yeah. gotcha. Generic name. Yeah, maybe. now keep in mind, there are a lot of different stories that are out. Sure. So I'm just kind of going off of. That's okay. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want you know. A, you Facts. Know, I don't yeah. want a fanboy to go and say, "Excuse me, uh, you're incorrect." But well, actually, it was this guy at this age and this right, time yeah. of this year, and it's all so, good. You know, I, I'm I'm trying to be as close to it as I can with my knowledge of the line. Um, but yeah, there was a GI Joe, and at one point they even did a GI Jane. You know, where, you know, they they incorporated that too. I mean, it's 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 crazy. But yeah, so GI Joe in. The era that I grew up in is the name of a of an elite, you know, counter terrorist group that um, started with, in 1982. Um, with the figures, they came, they released. It was uh, the figures like, came first. The figures. Well, it's funny is that when they brought this back, they right. wanted to make it a vehicle driven line. Okay. And the figures were secondary. <laughs> Clearly, as I can see. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you look at something, they wanted to make it. A, They're cool, though. Yeah. Yeah, they wanted to make it a vehicle-driven line with the figures as a as a secondary feature. Well, then kids started going, "Oh my god, these figures are awesome!" And the figures began to really be the main focus with the with the vehicles as a very very close second place. And yeah. There are some. There are some some vehicles that were out that were just insane. There are what's the big air base? So the aircraft carrier, the USS Flag. <laughs> I know that one. I mean, um, that thing is insane. It, I'll have to post a photo of that just to show people. There were there were decisions that had to be made as a kid. <laughs> did you have a bed in your room or did you have the USS Flag? I mean, yeah. I've heard stories of, of kids having it. I never had one. I had a cousin that had one, so I was able to see it in person. I've been to shows. I've seen it's. It's epic. It it's is insane. But when you build it, that was it. And right. if if <laughs> if someone had it, everyone went to his house to play because he had the flag. And you bring your vehicles, and you could put your sky strikers and your sky hawks and your um your uh, dragonflies, and you could you know put your boats up next to it, and you could put all your figures on there, and you could play. And you were just nice. if you had that, you were king. I bet. Um, but there <laughs> yes. were some parents that would go, okay. We gotta get this kid out of the house. What are we gonna do? So I, I've heard stories of, of kids telling me that dads built um, like roller, like the dollies, moving oh. dollies, and would put it on there, and you'd be able to move it around, smart, and be able actually, to play yeah. it in the backyard and stuff like that. There has been stories and there's pictures. I don't know if it's photoshopped or not of kids having it in a pool. 
it, like floating on something? Yeah, it would have to have been some sort of gigantic foam bait. It just doesn't make sense because the way if you look at the design of it... It probably doesn't balance well. Not, yeah. Aesthetically, it looks like an aircraft. Right, right, yeah. But, you know, engineering-wise, it would just it, it'd sink. Yeah. There's, there's nothing for it. So if someone actually did it, it was an engineering marvel in of itself. I, uh, I've never saw it in person. I've seen pictures. Really? Like, yeah, I, said, yeah. I, I don't know if it was photoshopped or not. So we'll just have to, uh, we'll have to just take someone's, uh, word for it. That's right. Um, but there were vehicles that floated. Um, case in point, my, my favorite vehicle of all time, um, is the, uh, whale hovercraft. Um, you're looking at a Lego representation of it, but I have, okay. it. I do have it over there. It's the big green one all the way to the right. Um, at the very end. At the very oh, end. That, wow. Yeah. That so massive. that's not the one I had as a child. Um, it's like a game console. <laughs> but my, it's it's probably bigger. Um, right. But the other year, my mom at Thanksgiving had given us tubs of pictures we had as a kid. Yeah. And there's a picture of my birthday. I don't remember which year it was. But it's a picture of me opening it up for my birthday. And my mom said the look on my face, looking at the photo of me as a child, looking at it was the same face yeah. of Aww. just all. So, right. so it's my goal is to rebuild one. Okay. I have the hole, which is, which is, you know, the first step, but then trying to, to piece it back out. It's an expensive process. Yeah. The, the market for parts and figures is insane. Because um, that's usually like what's missing. It's what's like missing. When you're, yeah, yeah, like those small kid, pieces. You're, you're yeah, playing, you're playing, you're playing, you break yeah, it, yeah. whatever it is, what it is. Now as an adult, you're like, oh my God, like what was I thinking? Like what, <laughs> I should have asked for two of everything and just kept it all in storage. Hindsight, um, yeah, right? But you know, to, to build that out, it's going to cost me probably a few hundred dollars to find parts and pieces. The windshield, if you look on eBay nowadays, <laughs> the windshield's $40. Damn, that's pretty, to yeah. Just, to just build the windshield. And all the little depth charges, you know, are, you know, $20, $25 a piece. So it, it's, it's... You want it's a complete a, set? You got to pay It's a process <laughs> yeah. to, to rebuild it. All and, right. Um, but you're working towards it? As, I'm working as, yeah. towards it. But that was designed... Originally, it was designed um, to be battery operated where the fan motors would spin on their own. Jeez. If you look underneath it, the original design had batteries. Yeah. It's But they never removed the case for it. So when you so what happens now is a lot of guys will buy a whale hovercraft and they'll flip it over and they'll open the battery case and there'll be figures in there because so and so oh. forgot to you know, they used it as storage. Nice. You know, but um instead of having a battery operated they they changed it the design to have just a push button feature to spin the blades in the back and there's a button up front that you you push a button that ejects like a sled yeah. underneath of it and you can have drivers on it and uh, it was involved. I love it. It was it was amazing that those toys came out and we'll never see stuff like that again just i was just gonna say like even yeah the problem you run into is shelf space right and shelf life on and toy stores stuff cycles through so quickly that you know you you would put a couple of them out there walmart would have it on clearance within a week just to get it off their shelves right you know which which is a shame but you know, right yeah. the, the times it's what what it is um yeah, that's that's my that's my favorite vehicle that I will one day have complete again. Yeah, so it's <laughs> gonna take me a long time. Nice man. Yeah, that thing's pretty sick. What's it called again? Uh, it was the whale hovercraft. Whale and hovercraft. whale had an acronym. Most of the <laughs> of vehicles did, yeah. had acronyms. The 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 mo the mobat, which was the original tank, I think was like uh, 
mechanized operation battle attack tank or something like that. Everything had an acronym to, to, to the names. The Fang, the, the Whale, uh, the Ram Cycle. The, they just, they had them, everything. Everything just had an acronym to make, uh, to make it more catchy. Right. Um, what about like, so there must have been like a big presence among your friend groups when you were a kid? What's that? Big presence among like your friends, school. Um, yeah, yeah. It that was, was um, the big thing for you. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it was it was a thing because everyone had it. And, um, you know, as a kid, you know, there was a lot of competing lines. So, yeah. you know, you had your friends that were Joe friends. You had your friends that were He-Man friends. Star Wars, maybe? Star Wars was funny because I was born in 81. Okay. And, right. and Jedi came out in 83. Something like that, yeah. So that toy line had pretty much died out by the time I was really yeah doing the whole toy thing, like it collecting. Was, yeah, it was yeah. there. You the know, Kenner toys. Uh, Ken, I mean Kenner. I mean Kenner was still still vibrant because they made masks. They did right. Care Bears. You know, they did all that stuff. It was still a very uh, Ghostbusters. There you go. It was still a very vibrant line, but Star Wars just kind of faded into. I'm never going to say obscurity because. Star Wars was never it's so relevant, <laughs> right? But in terms of um, the you know, the new line, that yeah, was out yeah, there, yeah, you know it, that depth, like yeah, it, it dropped off. It dropped off. Um, so it was okay. it was very it was very much you know GI Joe and 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 lines like that. And there was plenty of knockoff stuff. Right. So um, there was GI Joe, but then there was the core, which was just these. They looked just like GI Joe figures, but the plastic was a little less quality. Um, you could buy more of them for cheaper. Like you buy like a five pack of figures for, you know, for yeah. whatever the price was. And, and they had vehicles and there was, there like, was they were like legitimate though. Like they were still like yeah. put out by the same company. Uh, no, no? It, was, okay. it was, it was by a different company. It okay. was, um, but they like mirrored what the other ones looked like. Kind of lanyard toys, I think. Oh wow. Um, but yeah, there was, there, you could tell what was a Joe figure and what wasn't a figure. <laughs> Trying to pass it um, off, yeah. You know, the A team had had the had the three point seven five inch scale figures too at one point. Where I remember having A team figures as a kid. Uh, there was Dukes of Hazard um, had had figures at that scale too. That wow, this particular formula um, was crazy. It, it just a lot of lines tried to duplicate it, um, but and 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 it's kind of funny is that the original Joe figures. In 1982, um, they came out, but in 83, they decided to add um, bicep swivel, which now changed the whole uh, mobility and articulation of the figure. So instead of just right. going up and down at your elbow, now they could rotate yeah. and bend, and they could hold a weapon a little bit better. Not Game changer, yeah. And, other, and then they kind of had a market on that for a long time. You know, so that, that which made them so much better. So the 82 figures got re-released in 83. With the bicep swivel grip. If you look at a lot of the card art, you'll see. Now, with, are you aware of this as a kid? Like, are you aware like the newer ones are going to have different moving arms, or is it more like kind of hindsight, like as a collector? As a hindsight, as a collector, also keep like I said because of when I was born and yeah. when I got in. You know, the design of the figures changed from in eighty four to eighty five because the eighty two to eighty four figures, the neck only swiveled left to right in 85 they created more of a ball joint to where it could move around right, a little yeah. bit better um so in 85 they changed it was a game changer again in terms of the design because now the head was a little bit different um so 
and that from 85 on to the end of the line pretty much stayed the same in terms of the way the articulation was. Okay. Um, you know, that doesn't mean that a figure from 82 could still break a thumb just like a figure from 94. If you put a figure in a, a weapon in the wrong way, yeah. the thumb would snap off, crotch <laughs> would blow out. I, I can't tell you how many figures I had as a kid that had, you couldn't put a figure, you couldn't put a gun in their hand anymore or, you know, the, the little T-joint of the crotch piece was missing. <laughs> um but if you have those figures with the thumb that still works and, and all that together, it's amazing. Um, in 1986, there was a figure called uh, Beachhead. Um, one of my top five favorite figures, uh, or favorite Joes, I should say. Um, Beachhead? Beachhead. Okay. Yeah, he was a, he was a Joe Ranger. Um, he, uh, here's a little a small, <laughs> a little Lego small Lego-esque version of him. Um, okay. It's pretty badass, actually. So, even for a Lego figure, <laughs> the 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 crotch on it, for whatever reason, the the story that I hear is that the the die he just laid it down. It's fine. The uh, the dies that they used with the colors, the way that the brown was, made that section brittle. But right. you didn't realize it till all these years later. I mean, if you look at the way this plastic is, and you have these figures that are now we're hitting, we're getting ready to hit the forty year anniversary in like in almost two years we're getting ready to hit 40 years of of just the 3.75 inch figures being out it's pretty wild yeah no one no one planned for these figures to last this long of course not it was just a toy no one knew it was going to be you know a collector's item you never do yeah so a beachhead with a broken crotch might go for five (laughs) dollars but a beachhead with a a crotch that's still intact original is a 45 dollar figure wow the it's insane to have the difference between right. you know a, one piece that's broken. Um, I I needed to have that. I don't have the original, but I needed to have one to complete a particular vehicle that I had set up because I wanted to pay homage to um, a comic book cover. Okay. I was at a show, and I found the torso and the head attached and the legs in a baggie for three dollars. I was mm-hmm. like, well, whatever, it's fine. Why I've not? got parts and pieces. I'll. I'll customize and throw whatever, and that's what I needed. Because so, he's, he's the driver of the vehicle, so you're not even going to see that the, oh, that the crotch doesn't even match up. So I threw that together. I'm like, okay, cool, that's done. But I wasn't going to spend $45 to, you know, for I won't spend $45 for, for a Joe figure. I just. No. Have you ever? What? No. Just not today? Um, What's the not most... for a vintage <laughs> figure. <laughs> I should re elaborate. Not for a vintage figure. Um, the most I ever spent for one figure. Um, <laughs> I was just you don't have to answer no, that no, but like if you're okay, going to okay. yeah. <laughs> so so my favorite figure, my favorite GI Joe of all time. Okay. Is Rock and Roll. He was the original machine gunner. Blonde hair. All the Joes originally were just in these like green, very simple drab uniforms. Yeah. Um Rock and Roll was different because Rock and Roll had bullet bandoliers and went across and he carried a machine gun. I've always been like very the heavy roll. gunner. Yeah. Kind of guy, and even his file card, which we'll get into in a little bit about the file cards, um, described Ooh. him as a surfer. I've heard of those, yeah. Oh yeah, oh, I yeah. didn't, I didn't come across them in my research, but I, I've heard of those. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, sorry. So as um, <laughs> that shit's cool though. Yeah. So as so as a as a machine gunner, and everything, like the whole thing was just cool. I loved him. Is he um, your favorite character? He's my favorite character, but not the original version in 1989. Okay. <laughs> so what they did was to keep. To keep copy, you know, copyrights and trademarks and stuff going on, they would re-release characters yep. in a different, like, new uniform or new whatever to get them out there. The second version of Rock and Roll came out in 1989, and 
Um, he ditched the original look. He had like a short sleeve. He had a short sleeve shirt. The biceps were gigantic. They were huge. He was ripped. He's got the the beard. He's got a ball cap on with, with bullets strapped around his 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 hat yeah. to like pay homage to the original figure. And he's carrying these two gigantic Gatling gun belt fed, you know, machine guns that are tied into a backpack. And he's got a uh, these peg holes on the side to carry a, a gun on the uh, a side to it, and just epic. That's my favorite figure. So let's flash forward to a few years ago um, when there really wasn't a lot of Joe stuff um, out in the regular market. Um, fun publications who were doing, were hosting the G.I. Joe Con. Um, it was, you know, Hasbro gave them the okay. They worked out stuff. That's the official. That, it was the it official. Was, yeah. It's recently since, you know, gone away. Where'd um, that take place? It, it varies All from over. year to year. Oh, cool. Um, it just, it, every year. Fun, yeah. It, it just, they tried to cover the country to cover the different markets. Yeah, very um, cool. They had a magazine that came out and with the subscription service, the last uh, figure that came, I think, with the subscription was that rock and roll. And I found him at a show, maybe not necessarily what it was going for originally. I think I ended up spending like $35 to get the figure, but I needed to have him okay. because I've got version <laughs> one. I've got version two. Completest. I, I just needed to have him in that format. I've made customs of rock and roll to, you know, where, where um, kind of covers like the best of all the worlds um, of how I would love to see him out there nowadays. Long, hippie hair, cool. and big beard, and big giant machine gun, and the bullet's still going on, but a look of the version two figure with the with the color scheme. Um, but I, I, spent, I spent like 30... I would say $35. That was the most I spent on one figure, one G.I. Joe figure. Okay. That's not um, bad at all, though. I, no, no. You know, so, yeah, I, uh, but I love this line. It just, I, I think. Yeah, like, what is it about G.I. Joe? Is it just like, he's just like the American hero? Is he? Yeah, it's that whole thing. Total I mean, badass. You know, it, I just. I just loved them as a kid. You had so many of them. It was one of those, you know, it was what was given to you as a kid. And you're like, oh, man, this is cool. I like this. I like playing around and whatever. And, and you know, a figure could have been G.I. Joe today and tomorrow. He could have been a knight in an army, you know, with a, you know, you grab some masking tape and you make a, a, a mask and yeah. a helmet and give him a sword. And he was this thing the next day. And then, then maybe two weeks from now. You'd have a, a wrestling feder, figure federation in your head, and you're like, all right, these guys are all going to wrestle each other. They could do different things depending on, you know, certain characters, depending on what they look like, could definitely appeal to that too. Maybe a guy that was like, who, uh, there was a character, Road Pig, who was a dreadnought, which was like a biker gang. He was just bare chested. He was just this big, muscular dude, and he could have been anything. He could have been a wrestler. He could have been, right. you know, some of the characters. You know, maybe they were more robotic, maybe not of work, but like the ninjas. You know, you could have had them as just just ninjas battling, as, you know, whatever. And they could have been, they could have complemented some of the the He-Man stuff. I was, you know, one to intertwine my toy lines and back and forth. So they were just so versatile, and they could go into everything. Right? Yeah, you're not just gonna play with like one set of figures, like exactly. It's so funny. But yeah, I I just you know, they they were just it for me. They were. They were my childhood, and then you know the the file cards that you mentioned. If the if the GI Joe was my childhood, then Larry Hama was the architect of my childhood. Larry Hama um, wrote every file card on the back of of 
the cards. Those came with the figures? It came with the figures. Okay. There was only one card that he did not write. Um, and it was for a character called Crystal Ball. It was a, he was a, the character was more of an occult-like thing. A okay. thing. Stephen King wrote it. No kidding. Stephen King's son was a huge fan. Oh, I love Stephen of, King's son. Great writer, too. Of um, G.I. Joe. So G.I. Joe did a character called Sneak Peek, and they kind of, they knew that Stephen King was a fan of it, so they, you know, incorporated some of his likeness of the kid in the card. It's, it's yeah. a little weird, but Stephen King, you know, wrote, wrote a file card. That's he wrote cool. Crystal Ball, the only one <laughs> out of hundreds of G.I. Joe figures, to my knowledge, I think that Stephen King was the only one that didn't, you know. And Larry Hammer wrote these really great, intricate stories about this. Right. And they're only little quick little blurbs. Well, yeah. You know, but they Stats. all, you know, they had their, you know. Like their height. What, uh, yeah. I, don't know, I don't remember. I don't think height, but they gave them like their um, their primary, you yeah, know. Yeah, And then like their, their abilities or whatever, yeah. Um, and then uh, as waves came on later, they would tell you the, you know, um, what weapons might have been incorporated in the stuff, you know, with the, with the characters. They would tell you what they were, you know, what weapons that they were qualified to use, what NATO weapons and, mm-hmm. and things like that, and quick little blurbs. Um, but Larry Hama, not only did he write all the file cards, but he wrote the G.I. Joe comic from Marvel Comics. Okay, what year does that come out? Uh, 80s, 80s, obviously, I guess. 80s, right? yeah. I mean, it came pretty concurrent with the toy line. Yeah. Sometimes publication dates say one date. Yeah. And, like, it, 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 instead of saying, like, December 17. You know, it might have actually like, come out. Yeah, well, like two months before that or right. something like that, yeah. So it came out pretty concurrent with the toy line. Gotcha. He wrote 154 issues of G.I. Joe. Yeah. For the original Marvel comic line. The original run? So then that came and went with the cancellation of the line. And okay. I mean, there's, there's different... So like Marvel Cinematic Universe has... Yep. It's a universe, and like the comics have their own universe. Yeah, right. And Sony has its own Spider-Man, and but it's all so the comic universe and the cartoon universe never oh no crossed lines. Like Larry Hama will go. I never watched a cartoon. I don't know what you know what that stuff wow. is. Like he wrote his own stuff. People died in the comic when he knew they were doing away with the character. Characters died. Like <laughs> you know when you'd see a plane blow up in the cartoon, no matter how bad the explosion was. There'd always be a parachute coming down in the background. Someone survived. Yeah. All those lasers. It was, it was a kid show, yeah. All those lasers being <laughs> shot. No one got hurt. But no, yeah, yeah. People, people died in the comics. And I mean, um, you'd start to, you know, create these characters that some characters never even got toy, um, got, got made into toys. Because they died. In the original line. <laughs> they were just integral to the comic, to the story to go forward. Okay. Um, so you, you, you know, you put your your faith and your trust in these characters and they die and be like, oh, wow, okay, you know, and he would kill yeah. people. <laughs> Nobody's business. Um, so that, that run was amazing. And then, um, there has been other prop, you know, other publishers over the years that have tried to do stuff, um, but, uh, like IDW? IDW yeah. currently, um, reached out to Larry Hama couple years ago now um and said hey what do you think about starting well, issue 155 and just carry Continuary on le- that's pretty cool so i think issue 262 or 263 just came out last week that's awesome he's been writing it all the way through that's he's crazy been carrying on that line and 
and it's just amazing. Uh, I'm a. Are you currently reading it? Yes. Yeah, I'm. That's, a, I'm a huge. <laughs> it's fun to be into a comic for that long. Am, it gets really a, fun. I'm a huge um, <laughs> comic. Uh, yeah. Fan, and I love comics. Um, you know, when I go to my comic book store, you know. Uh, yeah. Wednesday. Out to Panther Comics in Turnersville, New Jersey. I go, right on. Uh, I go, uh, you know, every week and I hang out and I talk with Chris. That's close to here? It's 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 relatively speaking. I work in New Jersey. Okay. So it's not far from, from one of the areas that I work at. I got you. Um, it's right there where the um, Atlantic City Expressway takes on. If you yeah. stay on 42, yeah. it's, it's right down that way. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I, you know, I'll go and I'll get my comics from him, but I, I still get the G.I. Joe comic. I mean, I just... Um, I enjoy it. You know, the art's, the art's pretty good. You yeah. Know, the story's pretty good. Um, they've tried in in IDW itself. They've tried to do um, multiple reboots of GI Joe, and it always falls yeah. flat on its face because they try to appeal to agendas, and it just doesn't quite. How do you mean? Um, like they political try to make, agendas. They, they try to make it, you know, real world. They try to make okay. it, you know, they try to swap up things. They try to do different stuff. And, and again, I don't want to get like, you know, nah, no, old man yeah. fanboy, but like Larry <laughs> try to modernize just keeps them, yeah. to to what it is, okay. and it just it's that's what people like it's about set it. Yeah. In it's set in a time era where it's it looks like it's current, but it could be slightly. I got you. He's kept it going. It's not like this comic is still set in the eighties, right? But it just just keeps on going, kind of thing. Um. Whereas a lot of stuff they'll try to, hey, let's let's make a universe now where G.I. Joe and Transformers mm-hmm. and Mask and Micronauts and everything is all tied together. Um, it's it's falling apart. Yeah. Larry Hama just keeps trucking along doing his anniversary and they were doing the 25th anniversary of figures and then it changed in the Pursuit of Cobra and then the movies came out. Uh, Joe uh, for G.I. Joe and obviously... Toys R Us isn't doing us much good right now. No, rest so in we, peace. We, we kind of can't get uh, we kind of can't get our Joe figures if you know if they're not exclusive anymore. So just have to wait and see what this Snake Eyes movie does. Maybe it gets it back out there. Maybe it, it invigorates the youth to go, hey, let's play with toys. Maybe there's something. Let's just, just have to wait and see. It, like, what's is there any like big names behind it, or is, it's all just kind of speculation at this point? <sighs> I don't know. Do they have like an expected release date a year? Or just I, kind I've of heard that it's in production. Right. Yeah. Right. Nothing's but ever. It, you know, it's just until I see a trailer drop for it or That's production stills. Yeah. We'll just have to wait and see what happens. But it's going to be Snake Eyes driven, so it's you know it's not it's going to be you know Snake Eyes is the focal point. So which is fine. I just hope at some point we do incorporate Joe J- more Joe into Main it characters. so we can get you know some of that stuff. Maybe we can find out why. I mean, I've read the comics. I know why Snake Eyes, you know, lost his voice and all that kind of stuff. It wasn't like the vow of, you know, silence it looked like that he had when yeah. he was, uh, you know, in the uh, uh, Rise of Cobra movie. Um, there was, you know, an incident that occurred that, you know, while he was saving the lives of others, you know, lost his voice and was horribly scarred. And that's why he wears the mask and all that stuff. I'm hoping we get that. Okay. But, you know, with the, you know, the idea of... Uh, 
we need to have handsome actors playing roles and we need right. to see their face and everything are we gonna that's the thing are, are we gonna get some sort of horrifically scarred like almost Ryan you're going Reynolds. to go see that movie no matter what right oh, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean yeah, yeah. so like they gotta have like that mainstream actor to get like everybody else to go but like. I want my like <laughs> Ryan Reynolds Deadpool scarred looking okay. face yeah who do you cast as a Snake Eyes? They they casted some. Did they? Some guy. I don't know. I think he's done a couple Netflix things or whatever. Okay. I, I'm not uh, sure. All right. We'll, we'll, see because, we'll see. Um, and that was met with um, fanboy yeah. apprehension because the way well said the way the original character <laughs> was portrayed was not met how he was casted. Okay. Um, and it seems like that's the current trend that, sure. that occurs where you know we're going to cast. You know, a guy that that's this guy. Well, we should make him like this because this seems more fitting. Well, no, this is the way he was originally designed. Yeah. Um, that being said, that it's minor, so we'll see what happens. Okay, fair you enough. You know, I, I'm gonna put faith that they'll give us something good, bad, or indifferent. We'll just have to wait and see when it comes. Yeah, out. you should be happy you're getting anything at all, <laughs> right? This is very true. Um, this is very true. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, our kids in GI Joe today. Do you know? My kids are. I was about to say, I my definitely was going to ask you it. about your kids. My kids grew up into it. Yeah? Um, and We're, that was, you know... I, they I got, dig it? I, I have, I have you know, three daughters, and I have a son who hasn't quite, you know, isn't quite ready for... Not yet. ...this level of figures yet, but, you yeah. know, my daughters, my daughters play with Joes. Yeah, he's done G.I. Joe. Fe- yeah. I gave them all the female figures. Um, That's awesome. You know, as they gotten older, suddenly I reclaim some of the figures that they may have had to (laughs) just have to hold on to that. Who knows? Maybe down the line, you know, a couple years, grandkids running around going, hey, you know, I'm sitting in my rocking chair. I want to tell you about Scarlet. (laughs) Let me tell you a story. Let me tell you a story about (laughs) G.I. Joe and, you know, and when I was your age and here, here are the toys. Why don't you go play with them kind of thing. So I do have, you know, I do have stuff that's more for collecting and there are some figures that you know definitely have seen some wear and tear it'll be great for for little ones to play so i will definitely continue the line you know showing it to my children and hopefully it goes on from there so very cool man all right and that's a wrap on part one tune in for part two which is going to be up really shortly after thanks for listening bye